We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There, we're just saying that it's off to a nice start. Why does it have to be all or nothing all the time? Like, what am I doing? I'm doing it for the show. Field of 68 till I die. This is... The Field of 68 After Dark Show, the only place that you need to be for college hoops every single night. We We are live. live. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Friday Friday evening edition of the Field of 68 After Dark. We are live on Sirius XM Channel 84. That is the ESPNU station. We're streaming on YouTube. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Help us out. It helps grow the channel. My name is Rob Doster. With me tonight. I got Vin Parisi, the legend, and I have Terrence Oglesby, the legend in his own line. Some people call him the Rifleman, Vin. You you don't have to do that. Uh, I wish I could have a nickname like that, but that's a it's a good nickname to have. Right? That is. Uh, we're, we're presented by our partners over at Bet River Sportsbook. Uh, make sure you guys go to bracketfanatics.com. We have a bracket pool going on over there, $500 in prizes that we're giving out. It is free to enter. It's the best place to run your bracket pool. As you guys can tell, we are in Madison Square Garden, the world's most famous arena. It was the Big East semifinals tonight, gentlemen. We had Creighton blowout Providence. We're going to get to that in a second. But before we do, we got to talk about that thriller. UConn went down 63 to 60. They lost to Villanova. Villanova just doesn't lose. They just don't beat themselves. No, they don't. And, and you know what? I thought that I was too close to a game like this, guys, being a, uh, a Fox College basketball analyst and covering the Big East full time. You know what? I'm getting a little dramatic right now, but I'm walking around saying, what's better, the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight, or the semifinals, Madison Square Garden, making it to the finals, championship Saturday, and then literally five minutes later, Jay Wright's talking like that in the post-game press conference. There's just nothing like this type of atmosphere, the juice that was here in the second game tonight, and then just the way that Jay Wright's Wildcats uh, play the basketball and do the little things amazing really and we talked about it when we were walking in here i asked rob who's huge uconn guy right here i asked him what would you rather have an elite eight appearance or a big east champion yeah big east no question about it. it's not even close and the fans acted that way it was a tremendous atmosphere i thought it was a uconn home gym there for a little while and then villanova's fans brought it an unbelievable well, you know what it was you know what it was i was i was telling matt norland who just uh, photobombed us in the background there it wasn't all villanova fans Half of that noise was Providence fans that were just they just didn't want UConn to win. That's really all it was. Uh, but I, let's great point too. Let, let's talk about what actually happened in that game. You cover this this league full time, and you are you are Big East, Big East, Big East. 
when Villanova gets in that rhythm where they just figure out what they can do to beat you, which in this case was let's get Colin Gillespie into the post, let him dribble down there, force you kind of double team, and then let him pick apart a defense like a quarterback reading the blitz. And you, there, it gets to the point where there's just nothing you can do to stop it. You, you know, it, it's a great point. And it, the, the, I guess the best way I could explain it now was when Jay Wright first broke into the league, as you remember, two decades ago, he was the smooth up-and-coming young head coach that was an elite recruiter that got signed top 10 national recruiting classes. And, you know, he built talent. And then, obviously, he goes to the Final Four. And then, obviously, he wins a couple of championships. You look at coaches throughout the land, and you're like, okay, what's their, you know, what what really makes them tick? Whether it's, you know, Rick Pitino um, with player development, where, where it's Tom Izzo with, with – getting a team to play right at the right time of the year, whatever you want to do. I don't think, I don't want to say Jay Wright doesn't get enough credit, but the the unbelievable beauty about Villanova is when you watch Jay Wright's teams play, right? They don't beat themselves. They don't make mistakes. They reverse the basketball. They don't over dribble. They make you pay the guards post. They kick it out. They whip it. They reverse it. Now you can't tell me every single player, he recruits. That's an intangible of recruiting. This is a system and a way that they play. And the way Dan Hurley just talked in that post-game press conference about the way they switch out front, the way they clog the lane, the way they paint. I mean, Jay Wright has like a New England Patriots, Bill Belichick type system that I don't think if he's there another two decades, he's going to deviate from. The big, big thing, too, is Jermaine Samuels being so much defensively because you feel like you have to play Eric Dixon against a guy like Sonogo, but they rotate so well on that backside that they can send that extra defender, and they're so well-schooled. And Hurley talked about it in the press conference. They don't beat themselves. And when open shots come and opportunities arise, you have to take advantage or else you're going to build an over. Sonogo with two missed layups. It was more uh, than two missed layups. Well, two in a row. Excuse me. Those are the ones that stuck out. Two missed layups in a row. Uh, a dunk attempt that was blocked by Slater, which was one of the best in-game blocks I've seen in a long time. That was a tremendous effort by them. They just never stop playing. There's never any fluctuation in emotions. They're always steady. They're always calm. Well, it's a terrific basketball team. And, and that's a great point because think about it. We talk about Ed Cooley and Providence this year. Well, you know what's different about Ed's team this year versus other teams? Uh, you know what's different about Coach K's Duke team this year versus other years? You know what's different? It seems like every single year since 2016, we're talking about kids that don't have bad body language, are positive with each other, are coachable, that make the extra pass, that reverse the basketball, that don't take selfish shots. I mean, you, you can't tell me that. Uh, it's just it's unbelievable the culture of this program well i mean you say that since 2016 it's been the same team since 2016 colin gillespie got on the roster <laughs> it seems like he's been there nine he's years been there forever he's 29 years old can we get this guy out of the big east please at some point can we get him out of the big east the guy the guys behind you they were complaining that gillespie needed to get a job in finance like it was enough was enough uh it goes without it goes the, a part of this too you mentioned about jay wright being a tremendous recruiter he's gone about his recruiting differently uh, they're no longer getting mcdonald's all americans they're getting point. those three and four star kids and they're hanging on to him for four years or five years i mean gillespie's been there for five years but it's 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 a, it's a product of the system that they get to stay in it and guys aren't transferred they have one transfer right caleb daniels is the only transfer correct so it, it's the same guys and he's nurtured them into these machine-like animals that animals a bad word, but a machine like guys that continued to 
just pursue the goal. It's 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 an amazing thing to watch. The body language, if they disagree with the call, I don't know if you've noticed this. I mentioned this. They clap their hands. Right. Not a word right. being spoken. I mean, it's an extremely disciplined team. The amount of time they spend on that. Yep. It's amazing. The, the one thing, I think it was actually a great point. You said you compared him to Bill Belichick. And I think that's that's the perfect comparison because they are so good at finding the one thing that they can do to take advantage of you. Like, what they do is so simple, right? It, it's not there, – there's nothing complex about what they run. All they did tonight, the way that they worked in the second half, was they just – they got Colin Gillespie getting downhill. They got him dribbling into a post-up. They either allowed him to go one-on-one of the post or they waited until you sent a double. When you send a double, he's picking out cutters. He's picking out open shooters. They're moving the ball. All of a sudden, you got closeouts, and you can't but, stop because everybody Rob, can attack a closeout. But, Rob, think about this. And, and, T, you could attest to this more because you were a high-level player. Is that wow. a lot what of guys. about me? He knew what he no, was saying. No, but you know what he I mean. He was saying. I, listen, I love Vassar. I went to Arlington High School in Dutchess <laughs> County. But they, we're talking ACC now. But a lot of coaches will pontificate about the way you're supposed to play basketball. But then you go to their practices. And they micromanage. They micromanage or they're letting like X, Y, and Z go. When you go to a Villanova practice, when you go to a Villanova shoot around, it, there's times to where you feel like you're in the movie Hoosiers. Mm-hmm. And it goes to your point about keeping it simple. Shot fake, dribble penetrate, jump stop, kick it, revert. They, you ever watch Jay Wright on the sidelines? I bet you about nine or ten times a day he tells this guy, shot fake, shot fake. And we all know that that's the bread and butter of their half-court offense. And, I, you know, I, I just – the simpleness is in the pudding. Yeah. I, I do want to make one point before we talk about Creighton Province about UConn. Uh, I thought that they played really, really well. But the thing that has kind of come up and bitten them in the behind all season long has been they leave points on the board, and it's the simple mistakes and not uh, – there's there's a couple examples, and I don't want to throw these kids under the bus because they played their ass. If there's a single UConn fan that isn't thoroughly proud of watching that team play tonight, then they need to recheck their fandom. But the missed dunk down there by Andre Jackson. He had a wide open dunk. It ended up, they called it off of uh, Villanova. It wasn't off Villanova. Uh, We had the three on the wing where Tyler Polly stepped out of bounds. You had the alley-oop down here that ended up being T.O. saving the UConn fans sitting behind them from getting hit in the face with a ball. You had Adama Sonogo missing four layups, five layups in the second half. You had the missed free throws. Like, you cannot, their biggest thing is they leave points on the board. You cannot leave points on the board. And you know what? And someone tried to tee Danny up on that in the post-game presser, and I thought he handled it great. He he backs Sonogo. He goes, listen, I'm not going to micromanage a guy that's top five going for the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar award. He backed his guys wholeheartedly. About three minutes he came out afterwards, and I gave, uh, you know, Danny a hug. I've known him since, you know, we're working basketball camps together 20-something years ago, and he gave me a hug. He got close, and he said, uh, how many chippies did we miss tonight? You know, you know what I mean? So he's even acknowledging without watching the film yet, quick 10 minutes after the game of motion that, you know, they missed some chippies. But I think that's you also, come- That's what they are. That's what they've been all season long. And it's, yeah. it's kind of, it comes with the territory, T.O. Like this is their identity is as a team that is going to win games because they are so much more aggressive on the offensive glass and they're so much more aggressive defensively and they're going to create transition opportunities and they're going to be able to out physical and out tough you and do everything they did yesterday defensively that just wowed us. Right. Well, when coach came on the show last night, he was talking about, well, our offensive rebounding and our defense is going to be able to keep us in games. Imagine what's going to happen if UConn has that game where they don't miss those chippies. They lost by three tonight. 
And I think they may, they might have missed ten points worth of easy. Also, passes. don't don't you feel that there's a certain element and a factor to what we saw tonight of these kids know each other so well. Yeah. These two coaching staffs know each other so well. Good luck preparing for UConn in 72 hours yeah. with those guys crashing the offensive glass with these type of size perimeter guys switching out front. I, I think UConn's going to be a tougher matchup when they get out of Biggie's play and start playing on the neutral floor in the tourney. Yeah, I'm, I'm not worried about it at all. Like, look, bottom line is this. You lost to Villanova in the, in, in, in the Big East tournament in a game that you had a chance to win. That's all you can ask for. And if your best player, Adama Sanogo, first team all Big East, he's not going to miss that many layups all that often. And if you're, if you're betting on whether or not Adama Sanogo is going to make those shots to beat Villanova, you're going to win that bet more often than not. All right, let's talk about Creighton Providence. Uh, T.O., you're, you're, you're a Friars guy. Wasn't the greatest performance from them. No, no, I mean, it, look, there's going to be nights when you just don't have it. You just hope to God that you can defend and rebound at a level that can keep you in it. And then they run into a buzzsaw. Creighton team, guys, it's playing better than anybody in this league right now. And I know they're young. They've been playing young guards. They lose Nimbard earlier in the season. And it's for these, these guys. Rati, pronounce it for me. You got it. And Tron Nikashvili. You like that? <laughs> I, I, I'm not even going to try. That's when, you nick, that's when you need a nickname like a few years ago when everyone right. just went Sandro for Seton Hall. <laughs> Everyone's like, I ain't saying Mamu, Mamu Kalashvili that many times. And this, but that's 10 times easier than that one. I can't yeah. even dive into that. I played in Georgia and Tron Oh, my. I played there. It's an awesome country. Got stories for days on that. But nonetheless, I thought he stepped up. I thought he was really good tonight. And McDermott coaches the heck out of him. Him and uh, Trey Alexander. Alexander might mess around and be a draft pick by the time it's all said and done. Good size, handles the ball. You know what? I, I called about seven or eight Providence games this year with Fanta for Fox. Here's the two aspects that surprised me about tonight. I was not surprised about Creighton's offensive possessions at times because you're absolutely right. The chemistry that they're playing with right now. The two factors were Al Durham who's coming back off the layoff with the groin injury was putting the team on his shoulders offensively. They had Nate and other guys disappearing at times. And then the other factor that surprised me was Creighton looked like they had six guys on the floor sometimes against Providence defensively in the half court. When have we ever talked about Creighton defensively like that in the half court this year? I, I mean, Providence, there was points where Providence's guards, Bynum, we're talking some of the better guards in the league, couldn't get into the paint on dribble penetration. McDermott did a great job tonight. Yeah, and, and I made that exact point for the Arthur Kaluma, who's going to join in this year in a second. Creighton, what you think about them, right? When, when you think about a Creighton basketball team, pace, space, Tons of threes, tons of offense. Don't really guard anyone. That is not this team at all. And uh, we and talked to the anchor. They have the anchor yeah, inside with yeah, Kyle, Kyle Brenner, Brenner. Who can guard Nate Watson one-on-one, -on -one, and he doesn't need help. So you can stick out on some of those other guys that are able to hit shots. But we're going to yeah. Kaluma. So yeah, we're we're going way. to the Kaluma interview right now. <laughs> so, Terrence, T.O. try to jump in here. Let me send it to the Arthur Kaluma interview that we got earlier tonight. <laughs> Uh, 
uh, in Madison Square Garden with Arthur Kaluma after Creighton's uh, blowout 30-point win over Providence. In the semifinals of the Big East Tournament, Arthur, what happened tonight, man? You guys got it going. Uh, it didn't go so well when you were at Providence last time, but what happened tonight? What changed? Yeah, we just came together as a team, got a lot of stops on the defensive end, and then it let it float into our offense. And once we get it going, we get it yeah. going. Yeah, once you get it going, it, it's you got it going, too, at the end of the first half. You scored 10 points, I think, in the last six minutes. We kind of – it was a 27-2 run you guys went on over the, the end of the first half, start of the second half. Is that just when you guys get in rhythm, when you see one guy make a shot? Like, what happened there? I mean, just let the game come to me, honestly. I mean, I was just – didn't want to force anything, trying to get the best shot possible. Once I saw I started getting hot, you know, I took a heat checker after the steal. But other than that, you know, just – playing the game. What, what was that moment like when you hit that? Because the, the building went up, erupted. The, the building was loud. It's Madison Square Garden. It's the Big East mm -hmm. Tournament. I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't even notice it. I was just like, <laughs> get back on defense. But it was a surreal environment, you know, after I fouled out yeah. in the last half. Like, how do I get five fouls in one half? But it was a surreal environment just being there, you know, being there with my teammates, enjoying the environment. It was cool. You guys are the best defensive team in the Big East. That's not what Creighton is normally known for, right? When you committed here, did you expect to be you know, a team that, that wins with your defense? I mean, yeah, we all come here for the slogan, let it fly, yeah. but the defense is like, locking in our defense has like really been important to us. I mean, in the beginning of the year, our shots weren't falling, so I felt like having something to rely on, fall back on, if our shots aren't falling, we're good. So just turned up our defense in practice and everybody worked on their stuff and it's working out at the end. So Creighton, as a program, is 4-0 in Big East semifinals. You guys haven't won the Big East tournament yet. If you guys win tomorrow night, what's the one thing that has to happen? We got to play defense. We got to lock in. We got to be together. I mean, we can't come out flat, and it has to be 40 minutes of focus. Well, listen, thank you. Congratulations on the win. Good luck tomorrow night. That was Arthur Kaluma. Always appreciate having a chance to connect with him. And look, he's just a freshman, Vin. He's a stud. You know who else is a stud? Trey Alexander. You know who else is a stud? RJ Nemhard. You know who else is a stud? Calc Brenner. That Creighton team, if all four of those dudes come well, back. Let's talk about in a year or two what the Blue Jays are going to be like. Next year. That's uh, right. Those Forget about two years. You're right. That was, that was silly. Let me tell you something. Could I just say one thing? You could ask Fanta this. This is on the Bible and my kids. When me and him were in some establishments having adult beverages in Providence this year after home games, and I was watching Fanta tear up Rigatoni Bolognese late at night when he told me he was going to diet after the holidays. <laughs> I cannot tell you how many times over adult beverages I said, you have to get me on field to 68 just once, just once this season. He said, yeah, 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 yeah. And then today it all found itself. I got to thank you guys. You guys are studs, tremendous. Keep up the great work. It was awesome to catch up here. You got about 30 seconds, CO. Give me your overall big picture thoughts on Creighton. Can they beat Villanova tomorrow? I think it'll be a lot closer than what people think it is going forward, just because they're playing so well and they've got sides all over the place. Kyle Brenner can change the game. It's going to be interesting to see what Villanova does offensively to pull him away from the basket. You get him away from the basket, they're going to be able to have a lot of success. Going to see how they that five matchup works out for both great teams. points. Yeah, and if uh, the one thing I do like about this matchup is that there is going to be size in the backcourt and on the perimeter for Creighton. That's going to create difficult matchups for Colin Gillespie. But listen, we got to pay the bills here, guys. Coming up next, it was a wild day in the SEC. 
number one seed in the tournament went down. We're going to tell you all about it. Clear, 90 seconds. All right, we're clear. Vin, thank you, man. Uh, you want to jump in, Norty? You want to come in and chat? Great work. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Peace over next week. Letting YouTube chat. We got a. We got a. We got another. We got another newbie coming in. We got another first timer hopping right over here. Norlander, the legend, Matt Norlander. Norlander, you want me to put? You want yep. me to grab a chair for? Yep. No, uh, Norty, right here. This mic is good. Oh, good. Yeah, good call. Good call. Good call. Good call. We got how much time we got, Luke? One minute. <laughs> One minute. Um, Nordy, when you talk, Mike, up here like this, um, when you're not talking, either point it away from us or turn it off because it, we get an echo. Of, it'll it'll pick up the the second thing. How long does it last? About thirty seconds. Well, we're we're, we're live on YouTube live right, right now. now. We're on YouTube right now. <laughs> no, go ahead. Not at all. Bring it out. You want a chair? Let me help you move a chair. Hey man, thank you. We'll see you. Thanks, man. 30 seconds. And uh, look, I know we all thought John Fanta was uh, was not going to be on the show tonight. But look, you see back there, John Fanta is on the show. He's back there behind T.O.'s head. Look at that. Yeah. We got the legend Matt Norlander joining us. It's a little it's a little field of 68 eye on college basketball crossover. Do it. Ten seconds. <laughs> all right. We got uh, five seconds here coming back. We are back. It is the Field of 68 after dark. We are live on Sirius XM Channel 84. That is the ESPNU station We're streaming on YouTube. If you're watching over there, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. All of that stuff really does help the channel. Rob Dawson here with Terrence Oglesby. And a first time we're on the Field of 68, we got CBS Sports, Matt Norlander, the, uh, the star of the Ion College Basketball Podcast. Smash that like button like Brandon Davis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. And we're off and running. Uh, we're going to talk a little SEC basketball here. As you can tell, we are on the court at Madison Square Garden. But uh, we got a chance to watch Auburn this afternoon. They went down. They lost. Texas A&M, Buzz Williams. How worried are you about the Auburn Tigers? They were the best team. Oh, Mike's got to be on. Okay, there we go. Listen, Auburn was the best team of sport through the end of January. Since then, been so rickety away from Auburn Arena. Guess what? They're not going to play tournament games at Auburn's home venue this year. So I still am in on Jabari Smith. How about this? Could have the number one draft prospect, could have the best defender in the sport, and could have some fun, exciting, but inconsistent playmaking guards. I do think that Auburn has the has a great chance to provide us with amazing entertainment. But I'm now at the point, I, guys, I didn't think I'd be here a month ago where when no matter where they land in the bracket, they're going to be a two. I, I don't think I would list Auburn among the eight most likely national champions, even though they'll be ranked among the eight best teams with the eight best resumes. I just think there's a, there's a huge lack of trust factor, and they've lost something that they had two months ago. That's what it comes down to. Katie Johnson, my man runns on nightmare fuel, but hit the – 0 for 14? I love the guy. I love the fact that he went 0 for 14. You don't stop. And that's a motto I lived by whenever I was playing. You don't stop shooting. You got to love the way he plays. Pull it back just a little bit. He was 0 for 14, I think, with about 18 minutes to go in the second half. 
I mean, that's how they play. But credit goes to Buzz Williams too, guys. I mean, they've kind of been they've kind of been messing around in College Station. They've been good. He gets the kind of he's got the kind of guys now that I think fits him. Henry Coleman's a big rugged dude. Tyrese Radford's a big, strong, physical guard. He's not that tall, but man, is he athletic. He played the four at six two at Virginia Tech, and now Buzz has got him playing exactly the way he wants to play. Look, it's a tough physical Texas A&M team. Is that a team that could make it into the tournament? I don't know. That look, that sounds like something Norlander would be able to tell me, not me. But I think it's a team that, because of their toughness and their guard play, they gave Auburn trouble. And man, if you want to have a jump shooting number one pick in Jabari Smith, who hasn't, who doesn't dribble it all that much, <laughs> and if he does, man, Texas A&M, they get right up underneath, and they are so physical that they could give some of these uber talented four and five positions. They could push them off the block. They could be extra physical with them, and they could give Auburn problems because of that. Is Texas a and in the NCAA tournament now? Ooh. they got a good case right now. They play uh, So Texas A&M will play Arkansas on Saturday. That's the day, right, because we've reached that point. Yeah, tomorrow is Saturday, just making sure here. <laughs> Texas A&M is in with the win over Arkansas. Won't have an argument there. Uh, we had some teams that were kind of flirting with the situation, maybe go on the wrong side of it, but you also had, like, Virginia Tech winning. Mm-hmm. And so the – the cut line is really murky. Here's where we're at with Texas A&M. Three and one, nine in quad one, five and oh quad two, five and two in quad three. Non-conference schedule isn't great. Now, it's not a huge deciding factor, but again, 257. Indiana's is worse, but I think Indiana's in a better spot. Uh, Rutgers is bad. Wake Forest is going to keep them out of the tournament overall there. I, I feel like this is pretty close, but as we sit here, I think that Texas A&M and Rutgers are probably the two biggest toss-ups for me. I don't think Rutgers is getting in, but but I'm willing to be wrong about that because they have so many good wins for AM overall, 21 and 11. Road neutral, by the way, nine and seven. That's above 500. There are some other teams that are in that bubble cut line that their their road and neutral combined is actually sub 500. That's going to help AM. I just can't believe Buzz Williams has them in this spot. Like this team is phenomenal to me. They went 0 and 8 from January 19 to February 12. One against Florida, then lost another game at Vanderbilt, and they're in the tournament picture. Like it's they. I said this on the Ion College Basketball Podcast on Friday, just so you're, if you're not aware. Smash that uh, like button, like Brandon Davies. That's right. Smash the like button, like Brandon Davies. My mic was off before, and I said it, so we had to get a, a mention in there. Uh, feel free to uh, to do that. Um, AM to be in this spot after being an irrelevant team for most of the season is kind of wild. We kind of get this every few years where you'll have a team that's just, they're just living in the ether. And then we look up 72 hours before selection Sunday and it's kind of like, Whoa. And AM is that team. I think they're either the last team in or the first team out. As we speak right now, a win on Saturday, it's not even debatable. They will hundred percent have the resume to be in. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing with Virginia tech too. You beat North Carolina tomorrow. And I think that you're, uh, you're, I'm sorry, you beat, um, Duke tomorrow. Duke, yeah. No, Virginia Tech. What am I talking about? Yeah. This, this is when this no, is when hey. this is when the week with the week gets to you. Virginia Tech is probably in at this point, yeah. which means I would say Virginia Tech and Texas AM are the two teams that kind of cost bubble teams. They're the teams that played their way in. It just took Mike Young a little bit of time to figure it out. I mean, some of their guards, Storm Murphy making the adjustment from the Southern Conference up to uh, the ACC level struggle with having to play these big physical athletes every day, but Mike Young's figured a way to help his guys out. And it's still, they still have Kiva Aluma. They still have all these guys. This is the Virginia tech team that a lot of us thought was going to happen all season. It just took them a while to figure it out. What are they 11 and 13 in their last 11 out of their last 13 This team can shoot the basketball. They've got an inside presence. Mike young just gets it done. 
I mean, this, this is a big day for T.O.'s predictions. A huge, huge day. You you said Virginia Tech was going to be the second best team in the ACC. That was beginning of the season. Then I then I had to cry a little bit when nobody was looking, but sure. But then you said that Texas A&M was going to win today. I did say that. Yep. Did you take your victory lap yet? I didn't, but I'll do some push-ups you later. Can, you can't do that. You're going to you're going to drop into John Fanta's show over there, which would not be good. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this, uh, Nordlander, because yeah. I haven't heard your take on it yet. Arkansas, legit Final Four contender, pretender. Mm. Where do you stand on that? Uh, legit, not not legit, capable for sure. Uh, legit would mean to me in that top eight range, most likely they're, they can, they can get it done. Musselman's done a wonderful job. They've, they had kind of the, uh, similar, um, trajectory to AM, even though they had much more high, high level wins, Arkansas was hot early then they really swooned. And then they've been, they've been terrific over the past six, seven weeks. Uh, I've been in on JT, JD Note's value for two months now. Mm-hmm. I, He's to me, he's still top, top 12 for player of the year, which equates to like 13 mile American at this point. Cause he's That's where we had him 13 mile. American. Yeah. Cause he's, he is great on both ends of the floor. And I, I actually don't think Arkansas like between Williams and Note and what they do defensively and how much that is a key to what, what their identity is. I think it's pretty massive. Yeah. It can get there. Musselman got Arkansas to the tournament last year as I on college basketball listener. There's no, it's the first time since 1996 because we talked about it on like 17 episodes a year ago that he took him to the second week and it had not happened since 96 at Arkansas. So that fan base is on fire and they've got some real optimism. So yeah, they can get there. Uh, I do think with them, it'll be a little bit about matchup and a little bit about where they get sent because that fan base has got, they might, depending on who else is where they are in the first weekend, second weekend, Arkansas fans will be as feverish about getting tickets as almost any. You guys know that fan base is legit. You think Mama Hog's gonna get it? Mama Hog better write a somebody better purchase a limousine for Mama Hog to go wherever <laughs> the hell she wants to go. But one thing that I look at when it comes to tournament wins and th- how big are your guards? How can can you withstand some of the physicality that comes with NCAA tournament play? Because the refs swallow their whistle. I mean, this is high level basketball. They have that. Whenever they decide to move Odis Tony to the two, that just up their physicality level across the board and Jalen Williams what is he over the last 15 games or so you said you Arkansas has been terrific since about mm-hmm. the beginning of February averaging closer to 15 points a game before that I think it was three or four points a game he wasn't overly efficient and he's got enough game to where he can pull five guys out and then you're going to have against some, most teams you said you have him in your top 12 we had him in the third team all-american it's going to be the best player on the floor against a lot of teams yeah that second weekend Arkansas could get really interesting yeah the the thing to me that makes them so dangerous is they are right now by the numbers the best defensive team in the SEC. They have a guy that can go and win games all by himself in J.D. Note, and they have big athletic wings that let you switch, that let you be versatile defensively. Uh, and Jalen Williams, look, I think that he is uh, – we talked yesterday about how much we love Justin Minaya to you. Mm-hmm. I think Jalen Williams is that same kind of guy where he's just going to do all the dirty work. That The reason you win is because of guys like Jalen Williams doing their job. Agreed, because uh, he. Uh, when you watch Arkansas play, it, it, it loves to push to see that. What's wild is it, it will push the tempo, but it can push the tempo and still absolutely dictate how the game is going to be played defensively. And that's that's a bit of a magic trick that Musselman does a great job with. And then when you factor in how much Williams can erase or make up for, it's what makes them uh, particularly dangerous. And yes, like I know you guys got Bet Rivers and all that. Arkansas to me is a very good value play. Now, then again, if Arkansas wins the SEC tournament, 
I mean, they're not right now. I feel like they are in the consciousness, but they're not going to be among the most likely final four picks. You win the SEC tournament. However, you get there on Sunday. That's going to vault them another. That's a seed line bump. That's an Ion College Basketball Podcast reference, by the way, seed line bump. And so uh, if that were to happen, then, yes, Arkansas would become much more prominently discussed as a final four contender as it stands right now i still feel like there may be a, a quasi sleepers and that's nothing against arkansas i just think that's how they're regarded nationally yeah for uh for people that don't know arkansas right now at bet rivers is a 40 to 1 long shot to win the national title 40 to 1 that means you bet a hundred dollars you know how much you win please tell me four grand that sounds good it's pretty sounds good good to me sounds good to me too um all right real quick we got about 30 seconds here before we got to get to a break i'm throwing it to you okay Oscar Sheway, Ty Ty Washington at 23 tonight. They knocked off Vanderbilt, but it was a bit of a struggle. Overview, picture, Kentucky, how good? Uh, very good. I have him on my top three list of most likely national champions. Sheboy's my front runner for national player of the year. Ty Ty is obviously the key to so much of it. Uh, I bet you John Calipari is happy right now because his guys got, I mean, his guys got a viable challenge from a team that's not going to make the NCAA tournament. And so coaches will tell you, you know, this is almost the best case scenario at this time of the year you win but you get a little bit of an ego check, and I'm sure Cal's going to use that as best he can as they head into Saturday. There's no healthy losses at this point in the season, mm -hmm. right? So you hope to maybe not play your best game but still win ugly. Kentucky was able to do that, and they're still trying to get Severe Wheeler and Ty Ty yeah. back fully to their capabilities, but Oscar Sheboy just seems to carry enough. They needed a great game from Jordan Wright, too, who ended up going five for six from three. Vanderbilt stacks done a pretty nice job this year. I mean, it's pretty significant bump up from last year. I mean, they, they were pretty pitiful last season, and he's figured out a way for them to be at least competitive. So moving forward, who knows what's going to happen with Vanderbilt. But Kentucky, uh, Gonzaga, Arizona, Kentucky, those are my three. I'm not sure what Norlander's three are, but those are the three teams in my mind that I feel like have the best shot. Yeah. That being said, matchup-based stuff, probably eight teams, right? Just depending on who, who more More than that. I, I think – I mean, I think you – honestly, I think this is a kind of year where there's 12, 13 – 14 teams that could legitimately uh, screen together six wins. I've said this on the Ion College Basketball Podcast <laughs> multiple times this season. Do you want me to roll off? Do we have to take a break? But uh, listen, I'm not. I want you to roll off your list of teams right here. Now. We go. Give me. Here, here's what we're gonna do. This is the way they were gonna throw it into break. You're gonna give us a team. A, okay. Meet Tio and I are gonna tell you whether or not we agree. I'm go going team by team. Okay. Okay. Gonzaga. Yes. Yes. Baylor. No. Reigning national champions, Baylor. No, they're not healthy enough. I'm off the Baylor bandwagon. Okay. Backcourt play has been inconsistent. Okay. Adam Langer needs to play the whole time, and you hope to get a little bit of LJ Cryer. I just don't see it happening. Okay, there are no. Uh, Auburn Tigers. Hard yes. I'm going no. I don't think so. I still have them in the group. Just I, Again, I think it's more than eight. Arizona Wildcats. And let's say – let's Arizona Wildcats. Arizona Wildcats, Kirk Carissa is 80% by the Sweet 16. Yes. Yes. Okay. Kansas Jayhawks. Yes. Yes. Kentucky Wildcats. Yes. Yes. Duke Blue Devils. Yes. Mm -hmm. Purdue Boilermakers. No. Come on, man. They're too good offensively. They have their offensive ceiling is literally number one in the country. 
Now you just think they're that poor defensively they can't overcome it. Yes, so give, I, give them your, your Missouri comparison. You ready? Uh, 2012 Missouri, I got you. They mm-hmm. lose the Norfolk State nine. Yeah, okay, and the other go. one that is is last year's Iowa. I think that they lose in the first round of the tournament. I, don't, now, I just think there's so much. You think Purdue's losing in the first round of the for, tournament? Sorry, first first weekend. First weekend. I don't see that happening. Done. Not going to happen. No. Too much size and talent. Not going to happen. But there are no Purdue. A yes from you. Yep. What about the team we saw on this floor tonight that won the game? Yes. Villanova. Yes. No, because I feel Ooh. like, yeah, I'm saying no. I'm sorry. I'm saying okay. no on Villanova, and I'll tell you why. Because a team that's on their game and can make shots, UConn almost beat them tonight. Would you put UConn in that? If UConn takes care of a couple of three, four layups, you think are you putting UConn in that championship discussion? I would say no. Well, are you asking me as an objective analyst, or are you asking me as the guy objective that – Objective analyst. We no, know what your answer no. I think I think UConn is the second weekend team. I, and, and I would venture to say that Villanova is the same because you're going to run into supreme talent in the NCAA tournament. The only thing that I would say to that, Colin Gillespie, best point guard in the country. Yes. Most important position yeah. in the tournament, point guard. Okay, real quick, we got a few more. Tennessee, talk about good point guard play. I'm, I'm in on them. I'm in. To win a national championship? Can Tennessee win a national championship? No, not enough offense consistently enough. I think Josiah Jordan James has not been what he was cracked up to be. Real quick return serve to you. You're a yes on Purdue because of their offensive ceiling, but you're a, but you're a no on Tennessee despite being not quite. They're not quite that on defense. What Purdue is on offense, do you think there's a enough of a gap there? I, I feel like you get like here. Here's the bottom line: you have to have top end talent. I feel like Purdue has that. Who's the top end talent for Tennessee right now? Kennedy Chandler. No, he first round pick. First round it pick. might be. I mean, they're, they're interesting. You, you think they just might not have a I just don't think they have enough guy offensively. Okay. Wisconsin. Can Johnny Davis do it for six games? No. I think he can do it for four games. I agree. Not there. Texas Tech's going to play for the Big 12 championship on Saturday. Can they do it? Not enough offense. Yes. Who? I can't go with Texas Tech. All right. I got, He's just saying that because he wants to go I to got, Lubbock. I, I, got th- I got three more. Arkansas? I think I'm in on them. I think I'm in on them, too. I truly am 50-50. UCLA? No, I'm a no on them. They've just had so much crap happen this year. And I know crap's probably not yeah. the best word to use when we're doing a podcast, yep. but they've just had so much stuff. We talked about smashing like Brandon Davies. I think we're okay. That's right. Uh, last one. Not currently playing. The Illinois Fighting Illini. I'm a yes. I think a yes. They have enough. Now, are we going to rely on Illinois to do it? No. Illinois has enough, T.O. Yeah, I feel like I, I, I'm going to say yes. And because of the play of Trent Frazier, because you know what you're getting everywhere else except for mm-hmm. Corbello. I think he's just such a toss-up. You never know what you're getting from night to night. Are you going to get a great Corbello for six games straight? I feel like you need one because you have so many players there. I don't know that you're going to get six great. They've been good enough without Curbelo. And if Trent Frazier can just be a little more consistent, he's had a couple of plays here or there late in games. I'll, I'll toss one more. I don't put it on the list, but if you're, if this fan base is listening, they're probably like, why haven't you mentioned us? We're still playing. We got a top three player of the year candidate, arguably, and that's the Iowa Hawkeyes. No, no, I, I would lean. No, so. but going back, they had Curbelo on the floor with Trent Frazier running that last ball screen. At the I, end of the game, I know, which was 
I would have thought you put Trent Frazier off the ball there because he's a better shooter than Corbello and then let him make something happen. He's too inconsistent with the ball. And if he was more more consistent with the ball, Underwood would have put it in Corbello's hands. He felt more safe giving it to Trent Frazier. You got to find another guy. Yeah. Well, listen, we uh, we had to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the ACC tournament. We're going to talk about the North Carolina Tar Heels who lost to Virginia Tech. Clear, 90 seconds. Thank you to Matt Norlander. The, uh, the, hey. chat, the chat's a big fan of you. You want to oh. hang out for a little while longer? Okay, so how long is the next segment? It'll be, Luke, what about 10 minutes? Yeah, that'd be perfect. Yeah, if you break by like 47, 48. Appreciate it. I'm, I'm Sean Paquette off camera right now. Absolute Big yeah. East legend. You want to come say hi? We're live on YouTube. You want to say hi? <laughs> <laughs> big East legend right here. Can you hang out for 10 more minutes? Yeah, I got you. All right. We got Norlander for 10 more minutes. 10 more minutes. We'll talk ACC. And then I got John Fanta is still on our show in the background. You see that, John? Thanks to everyone in the chat. Uh, I assume we must have <laughs> we must have some see after dark late night. Got to have it. And then I on college basketball. We record we record Sunday evenings before 11. We record Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m. and Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Also, we will have region by region breakdowns on Monday after Selection Sunday. So be sure to get all your content you want at the field of 68 after dark on Selection Sunday. Just know Ion College Basketball will be there for you Monday morning, too. <laughs> he got his plug in. I love that. Legend. Was that the only way that 30 you were seconds? Able to come on? No, I just, they were like, listen, we want you on cross pollination. It's an amazing thing. Be sure. Make, make, get a little eye on college basketball. Oh, we, we just had a question coming from the chat. Okay. Who's the uh, the best coach in UCLA history? Uh, that would be Mick Cronin, and everyone watching and listening knows <laughs> that that's the that's the answer. Okay, I want any and all inside call uh, inside jokes from eye on college basketball to dominate that YouTube chat. Ten right seconds. Now. We are live. It is the Field of 68 After Dark. We're live right now on Sirius XM Channel 84. That is the ESPNU station. We're streaming on YouTube. Go and hit that like button. Go hit that subscribe button. Jump in the chat. Ask us questions. We're going to try to get to them at some point here, maybe in the afters. We got Matt Norlander with us. I am hey College Basketball Podcast, the legend. Uh, we got Terrence Oglesby. My name is Rob Dawson. We're presented by our partners over at Bet River Sportsbook and Nordy. I got to tell you about something. Okay. I mentioned it earlier. Bracket Fanatics. We are running a field of 68 pool over at BracketFanatics.com, the best website to host an NCAA tournament pool for you and your friends, providing a bracket experience unlike any other. Bracket Fanatics is similar to Yahoo and ESPN. Invite friends, make picks, watch those picks go up in flames. But what makes Bracket Fanatics different is that they eliminate the hardest part of running a pool, the payouts. Mm -hmm. Everyone that joins your pool must pay an entry on the site. Once the NCAA tournament ends, Bracket Fanatics handles the payouts. However you decide you don't have to worry about chasing down deadbeats like jeff goodman to make sure that he mm. pays his buy-in and you can make side bets all tournament long because who doesn't love side bets your bracket may be busted but you can make it all back once to gets a little bit too cocky about the picks that he made in the first round so head over to bracketfanatics.com join the field of 68's bracket group the code is field it's free to enter we're going to give away like 500 in, in prizes and if you make it down to New Orleans, you can come hang out with us when we do our live shows down there. Norlander can come down, too. He is definitely invited. Uh, Matt, you were at Barclays today. I was. For the Duke-Miami game. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the Blue Devils. It was a little bit of a struggle. They didn't play great. 
but they ended up getting the job done. They've been dealing with some sicknesses. I think flu, maybe stomach bugs kind of ran through that. Maybe food, a maybe a little food poisoning. Uh, Duke wins 80 to 76 over Miami. Paolo Bancaro has a nice, has a nice evening. He goes for 18. Wendell Moore Jr., who's really continues to impress as far as I'm concerned. Viable NBA prospect. He had 17. AJ Griffin, who did have some after effects. For, this is per Myshevsky, who said this after Duke beat Syracuse. He said AJ Griffin was still battling a little bit of a bug. He had 21 on four, six from three point range. Duke scored at 1.19 points per possession. Its offense continues to be pretty good. Defensively, I thought Duke was improved, but not great. Mike Krzyzewski's biggest issue here has been that he knows this team is capable on the defensive end of playing at a level that can get close to Duke's offensive ceiling. I don't think Duke on defense can match what it is when it's got the ball in its hands, but it got the win. Credit to Miami. Real quick on, on the Canes. I think Miami is going to be a double digit seed when we get that bracket reveal on Sunday night. Um, that's on CBS, by the way. And when that happens, my network of stars, that's right. America's most watched network. Let me remind you, if you're watching on YouTube, please smash the like button. Like Brandy's Davies would Brandon Davies would smash that like button. Okay. So shouts to Devin Downey. So with that in mind, Miami's going to be a double digit seed, but I actually think it's, it's a, it's a pretty decent, um, second weekend sleeper candidate because it's got a lot of experience. Wardenberg's an awesome stretch four. Larenig is a really good coach. If you're looking for something with really good value, is that Fanta walking behind me right now? Okay, good times. So this is live on Sirius XM as well, right? Yes. Wonderful. Love to uh, give visual uh, references on to on radio right now. Okay, well, you know what? This is definitely after dark. As for Duke, obviously Duke is Duke and um, going to play for an ACC championship tomorrow against Virginia Tech. Don't call them Vatek. That gets Hokies fans really upset. No yeah. Vatek. But I do think that Duke is in that group of five most likely national champions, even with some of the defensive issues. I think once they get into the tournament, you're going to see them ratchet it up. We'll see what they do against Virginia Tech tomorrow. But with Duke, between Mark Williams, what he can do, he's been wonderful. Bancaro, Griffin, even Keels, they just have so many options. And we were robbed of Duke UNC again, which means, you know what, I actually, I actually think Hubert Davis played this perfectly. Final meeting with coach. It wasn't even going to, wasn't even going to flirt that with was well, that was well played. I well played. put that together until you said, yeah, that. well, he walked off with the win. He's like, what, what do I need this for? We're in the tournament. What do I need this for? What do I need this for? Yeah. What did Roy Williams call it? The, the cocktail party for the conference or something like that a few years ago. No idea. But anyway, yeah. um, he probably, he probably did, but, uh, but the only person happy about this is probably Chris Carwell Cause he doesn't have to worry about everyone watching to see what he does on the handshake line afterward. But yeah, no, I saw Duke past two days. We'll see him again tomorrow when they play Virginia tech. And uh, what more could you want if you're Mike Krzyzewski in terms of his last season, he's got enough there to win a national championship and they've done it after being atrocious a season ago. And when I went to Duke Carolina, um, I talked with about five of the players. They said that they, they said they have not felt like this is a, a pressure pack kind of year. They're lying to you. I think they're, I think they're lying. I think, I think they're lying, but <laughs> damn, if they weren't convincing. And like some of the guys like Theo, John, um, Wendell Moore Jr. really laid out the case as to why, because, you know, it's, it was also, they, they viewed it more as like, you know, this is this is our last year with coach. And it's not about like what people from the outside think is going going to happen or what could happen or any of those expectations. It's more about cherishing all this stuff. This might be making people puke. Can we talk about Duke this way? But what do you want from me? I'm just reporting what they told me. Yep. Back to you, Rob. I'm going to I'm going to talk about their defense because you alluded to it. I think one a couple of things that Miami does 
is they have guards that can create off the bounce and they can score on their own. And what Duke does defensively or what they hypothetically would like to do defensively is get out and deny the passing lines. But if you have Isaiah Wong and Cam Augusta, guys that can create off the bounce, that's a big difference. And here's another big piece that I think Miami's a bad matchup because, like you said, Sam Wardenberg, I mean, pick and pop five. He can guard the five. You take Mark Williams away from the basket, you're going to open everything up because they don't play a ton of help side. They're pretty stuck to their man for the most part because they rely on a lot of one-on-one defense because of their athletes. But Miami provides a little bit of a challenge because they have so many guys that can create and score on their own and not have to worry about some of those other things to where they're not like a Villanova team that relies on ball movement, right? It's a it's a Miami team that can score on their own. And not a high they basically take turns going one-on-one. Yeah, it's, not, it's the lowest assist team in the ACC for years on end now. I mean, it, it, there's a reason for that because they play a lot of one-on-one basketball. That's the kind of team that can beat Duke, not only there, but at camera. Yeah. And they didn't today, obviously. Yeah. But my, it's my, problems. My, my issue with Duke is still the, the point guard stuff and the playmaking stuff and whether or not they have enough at that point guard position. And I know that there's multiple options, but there's just mm-hmm. moments that you can see where they don't get settled and moments where you can see uh, what a veteran point guard would, would be able to do in a situation um, that doesn't necessarily happen on the floor. But look, when it comes to raw talent, it's them. It's now, them, yeah. It's, it, yeah. So I'll, I'm, I'm very curious about this game tomorrow because Virginia Tech, it, it does – they feel like a team that can beat Duke, to me. Well, Justin Mutz has improved from the perimeter as well. Somebody who last season I thought shot in the 20s or something like that. I don't hold me to that right here off the bat. But a guy that didn't shoot it well last season, this year he's pushed his game out. Now, is he consistent? No, but they have guys that can space you out. They have a lot of good players. And Mike Young, I mean, you want to talk about a savant X and O wise, I think he's terrific. He could give them a run, but there's just that talent level at Duke compared to Virginia Tech, who let's be quite frank. It's a bunch of mid-major guys that are a bunch of really, really good mid-major players that he took up. It was a mid-major all-star team. who took mm-hmm. up at Virginia Tech, right? Now you're playing against an all-star team from the high school ranks. And it's like, you have a, a, a difference of talent. But I think the top-end talent, because that's what Duke has, I think they're going to be able to handle it. Norlander, we have 30 seconds. Okay. I want your uh, your take on, on North Carolina. What happened today? Well, I was sitting next to you at this game, Rob. I wasn't at that game. I literally took the two train from Barclay Center to come watch UConn play Villanova. So I watched it on my screen between you and T.O. What happened is Virginia Tech, one North Carolina lost. Hubert Davis says, I'm going 40 chess on all you, and we ain't getting a Duke Carolina game for a third time there. Carolina safely in, can do some damage in the tournament. The Duke win's gonna easily catapult him in. And yeah, I don't I don't know what else you want from me, man. And that was Matt Norlander on his inaugural appearance on the field of 68 after dark. Listen, we got to pay the bills. Coming up next, we're gonna talk about the Big Ten tournament. It got a little crazy. Illinois lost. Iowa won. It's going to be fun. Everybody say bye to Matt Norland. Say bye to Matt. Five stars and nice comments. Clear, 90 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. We got to go all Big East with you. I know we're... Uh, YouTube, Fanta, when um, when you're when you're talking right here, uh, when it's off, don't either turn the or make sure you don't point it at one of us because it'll pick up. We'll, we'll get an echo. Yeah, Norlander. Yeah, after, Nor- after saying that, hey, I play in a band.
Yep. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, fan, fan to the chat is a, uh, oh, Nova man just jumped in the chat and said, Norlander is a poor man's fan. So we got the rich man's fan coming on the legend. <laughs> Yeah, no, but in all serious, go subscribe to the Ion College Basketball Podcast on uh, on Apple Podcasts or on YouTube. They are uh, they are the best to do it. Norlander and uh, thirty seconds. Guy, uh, I don't know who it is. is that, what's his name? Mick, is it Mick Cronin, the the bald guy, right? The doppelganger. Hey, how, Nor- about a, how about safe a travels? Here. Look what this guy's doing on the floor of MSG. Love it. There we go. See you, buddy. All right, I'll see you guys. Thanks, tomorrow. Maddie. Appreciate you, big guy. The YouTube chat is getting real behind the scenes tonight. Yeah, real behind the scenes. Ten seconds, and and you That's guys can't awesome. see it, but Fanta's looking at a, a Norlander uh, tweet right now. We got five seconds, guys. And we are live. It is the field of sixty-eight after dark. We got about eight minutes left here before we get into the afters. We're on Sirius XM channel eighty-four. That is the ESPNU station. We're live on YouTube. Jump in the chat. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. All of that stuff really does help grow the channel. My name is Rob Doster. With me, Terrence Oglesby, the Rifleman. We got a new addition to the show right now, guys. It's been a star-studded day. It has been. We have the legend. The one and only John Fanta, who's making an appearance, too. He's taking it away from this time. He was on the show back there before. Now he's on the show for real. John, uh, when you're done with the tweet, you want to jump in and say hello to the people. Good evening, America. Good morning, America. It is the best time of year in college basketball. Nothing compares to the nights we're living right now. It's great to be with you, gentlemen. I'm so excited to be on the field of 68 over the next month and change. And I got to tell you guys, just being in Manhattan this week, whether it's seeing a Providence fan or a Villanova fan or seeing the Mike Krzyzewski fan, seeing the Syracuse fan, albeit uh, short-lived, it's been fun to be in Midtown. It's been great to be in this city, to see it alive and to get a taste of what we are in for. This is such a great, great time of year, guys. It's what we sign up for, and uh, we're on a thrill ride, and we're watching this play out, and it's what we talked about in October and November, Rob and Terrence. This had the potential to be the best college basketball season since however long. It has been, and it's about to be even better. Absolutely. Uh, Listen, we we got about six minutes here. We can talk a little bit about the Big Ten. I want to start with Illinois. They lost a close one to uh, to Indiana. Where where do you stand on the Illini? Uh, are, are they are they still the team that we we both said when Norlanda was running through that, that we still think they can win a title? How is we? I said no. Me and Norlander is you a did. we. I did. Oh, you were insinuating we was here. So you're off the bandwagon. I'm off the bandwagon fully. Off. I just feel like it, you need a great Corbello to win six games. You need a great Corbello. I don't think that even Underwood trusts Corbello or else he would have been handling the ball at the end of the game there. I think that's significant. So they put the ball in Trent Frazier's hands. You shrink the floor because Corbello hasn't shot the ball well. I, I don't think this Illinois team it, it can win a national championship because their production fluctuates according to the day, according to the day that Corbello's having. So I think that's a big problem moving forward. And one out of six games, you got to be great for six games. I'm not sure Illinois can be great for six games. I think what we continue to learn is, is that out of the Big Ten, Wisconsin is best equipped 
to go the furthest in the NCAA tournament. At least that's the opinion of me. Wisconsin? Yeah. I, I think it's Illinois. I honestly I don't think so. I'm out on them. Uh, I, I'm out on them in general because I'm with you on Curbelo. Uh, as, as good as he is, it's a two-edged sword. It's a double-edged sword at times, and that would be summed up with Illinois' record overall with him, without him. I don't have it in front of me, but I know it's about to come because you have it and you tweeted it out. Here's the thing. The Fighting Illini are a frenetic team. They're a team that could go on a deep run, but I have trust problems with them. And Loyola Chicago's win over them probably has something to do with that last year. I still remember that. Defensively, at times, they have lapses. And they're a team that the supporting cast kind of comes and goes. So I don't know what to fully make of them. Purdue, they do not defend. So the reason why I say Wisconsin is I know a couple things. I know they have an All-American, maybe the best player in the country. I know that they do defend and rebound. And I know that that supporting cast, Chucky Hepburn, Tyler Wall, have gotten better. Wisconsin's not pretty. Illinois is prettier than Wisconsin, but I'm still on the Badgers train. Here's the stat that I referenced. Uh, Illinois is three and six when Andre Cabello plays 20 plus minutes. They are six and two when he plays fewer than 20 minutes and they are 13 and one when he doesn't play at all. Now I'm going to caveat that there are a lot of buy games involved in those wins. When he didn't play, he missed the start of the season when you win most of the games. That said, I do think that Illinois is a little bit better when he's not on the floor simply because I'm buying Trent Frazier, and I'm buying Alfonso Plummer. But uh, listen, uh, I want to ask you guys here. Iowa, they got a guy that might be – that is at the very least in the conversation for National Player of the Year. They can score as well as anyone. This year, they're one of those teams that they don't have their best five offensively and their best five defensively. Might Like the only guy that is on both those teams might be Keegan Murray, Right. But yeah. I think they actually can turn you over a little bit. They can play defense when they need to a little bit. They, they run that one-two-two two press. Okay, so hold on. I just, I just pulled up Kim Palm. That's what I'm busy doing over here. Confirmed analytics guy right here. Not a huge analytics guy, but look at it just enough. Third in the country in offense is Iowa. 83rd in the country in defense is Iowa. Who does that remind you of? Purdue's number one in offense in the country. A little bit worse defensively, but better offensively. So you're buying Iowa but you're not buying Purdue. It, it, you got you to gotta look at the level of expectation here, okay? I am buying Iowa as a team that can get to the second weekend so as a So, so we're just going to sit here and move the goalposts? That's exactly what I'm doing. In front of God and everybody, that's what we're doing. I thought we were talking national champions, yeah. right? Let, no. me give you a, let me give you a number that doesn't move the goalposts as much as it does describe something here. From the great David Warlock of the NCAA. Get him right. Thank you, Dave. Did you guys know? That since 1985, 15 national champions also won their conference tournament. Six of those teams lost in the finals. 11 lost in the semis. Since 85, not one team has won the national championship after falling short of their conference tournament semifinals. I'm out on Illinois. Sorry, Auburn. You're out on Auburn, too. I'm out on Auburn, too. Sorry, Baylor. He's out on Baylor. I'm out on Baylor three. Yeah, that's three. Yeah. I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, always... sorry, Michigan. <laughs> well, I sorry, sorry, yeah. Northwestern. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. I mean, look, look, there's others too. Look, it's it's um, it's one of those things where, yeah, look, when you get to this point of the year and Illinois is playing Indiana, who I I think Indiana has defined inconsistency for the most part this yeah. year. Today they fought and. One thing you got to tip your cap to Mike Woodson. He's gotten this team playing hard in key spots and areas, and they could win the semifinals tomorrow. They could. 
you got to you got to give him a lot of credit for yeah. what he's done with that team and that program and getting him playing right at the right time. They've landed a couple of big wins in a row. Uh, Mike Woodson, he's done a really good job. To you got ten seconds here. Who wins the Big Ten tournament? We got Indiana and Iowa tomorrow. We have Purdue. Assuming they won, uh, they were still playing when we live. Purdue and Michigan State. Who wins the Big Ten tournament? Uh, Purdue, because it's not being played in East Lansing. Give me Purdue over both of the whoever the hell they play next. Yeah, I, I don't hate that. I think that that might be something that can actually happen. But listen, this has been the Field of 68 After Dark. We're signing off on Sirius XM channel 84 the espnu station make sure you get over to youtube for the afters uh, we're going to be answering questions from the chat so for john fanta for terrence olgas before matt norlander for vim parisi my name is rob dawson i can hear the music in my ear you guys all clear <laughs> thank you luke uh dagan um you can you can jump in you can ask me the questions i'm jumping um, in Gentlemen, the way that this is going to work tonight, real quick, Dagan, let me just yeah. explain to them. Yeah. Uh, and so so the chat knows I have the, the sound. They can talk to me in my ear. Uh, I will be relaying questions to Fanta and T.O. So if you want to ask Fanta questions, get them in right now. We got the legend here. We got the legend before we're going to have to go hit uh, Mustang Sally tonight. What do you think? Well, my girlfriend, my wonderful girlfriend, Victoria, is here in a trooper. Hi, Victoria. And, and I'm here now. as well. We haven't eaten in how many hours? 13 hours. <laughs> this cow needs a meal. Where are we going to eat? And the beautiful princess. We got to go somewhere. We'll get some bites to eat here after Victoria, this. Victoria, where are we going after to eat? This. Yeah. We'll Can see. I get an invite? doesn't matter. Yeah, there, you there we go. T.O. You hey, she does it all, by the way. She, she, she does. Oh, can I, can I tell you, can I tell you guys this? a story? So, um, I don't, can I say the name of who it was? Well, uh, no, so let's there not, there let's was not someone, do yeah, that, but yeah, go ahead. Someone, someone was walking down the court earlier today and that person fell. And banged up their knee a little bit, you know, got a little bit of a cut. It happens when you fall like that. And uh, Victoria over here, making her first appearance at the Big East tournament, uh, came to the rescue, grabbed a Band-Aid, bandaged it up, cleaned it up, wiped up a little bit of blood that was tripping down the lane. She, I thought she was a she paramedic for like the five rescue. minutes. I thought you were a paramedic. Look. Dental I'm, hygienist. She does in, it all. In, in a building that is as electric as Madison Square Garden was tonight, my heart was pumping, and I'm sitting here like, if my, if my heart goes out, if I fall out right now, I just know that Victoria's there, and she, she'll, she'll come to the rescue. She'll save me. You're, I wasn't worried about it. You're only as good as your other half, and uh, I got lucky. That's this rough time for of her. Year. That's, That's right. right. <laughs> you're damn right. You're damn right it's rough for her. What do we got? Yeah, let's get some questions <laughs> in the chat. Yeah, yeah, here we go. Uh, guess who? This is, this is a good one to start us off. Guess who wants to know? He said his exact question is Diesel. Apparently, that's my new new nickname from the chat. <laughs> Diesel, oh, yeah. ask Fanta oh, if he can get some net. Can, can we get some net? <laughs> oh, Fanta. They want to know. Fanta. Fanta they want you to net. go see if you can go grab the net right now. That's what the. That's what. <laughs> that's what. <laughs> okay. Sure. We do have a paramedic on site, so. <laughs> Here we go. This is this is an all time moment on the afters. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. He just shed the jacket. He got oh, it! He got it! He got it! Let's yes. go. Clip it up, Dagan. We're ready. Yes. For the win. <laughs> oh, man. For everybody that's watching right now, if you guys know who Red Pin is, let's go. If you guys know who Red Pin is, Fanta had the honor bestowed upon him yeah, by the way, of being the guy that happy? threw the, the bowls to Red Panda this, 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 uh, this tournament, which was happy as you were then. How are you feeling right now? How are the knees? Oh, That's not the first time. Great, he's done it. never That's felt not the first better. Time he's done it. Um, how did I feel tossing bowls to Red Panda? 
you looked ecstatic. Just exhilarating. <laughs> You're talking about one of the great acts in sports. Hold on. Can, can, I just, can I just tell you, Alex Bernard just said, turns out white men can jump. You bet. <laughs> you <laughs> bet. Ass, you Alex. bet. Chunky white men can jump. Left guards can jump. You know, look, we can, we can get up in the air a little bit. Don't doubt the athletic ability. <laughs> Jeremy Ledbetter said Kung Fu Fanta. Yeah, <laughs> I like baby. I like that. There we go. Oh, uh, all right. Thank you. What else? That's got to rain. Other questions? Hold on, hold on. Panda. Panda. Oh. Yeah, I guess Kung Fu Fanta and the Red Panda. Ah, dude. Come on. Ooh. Are you kidding me? They just, this they, might they, have some. These lines write themselves. They really do, Ter <laughs> Terrence. They really do, T.O. Uh, awesome. She is the best. If you haven't seen Red Panda, putting in a request now, she should perform at halftime of the Final Four. Oh, no question. She takes over a building. And yep. how many people can – a woman on a unicycle, she has this amazing charm about her. I think she's in her 70s, guys. No, she's 50. She's 51. I looked it up yesterday. Way off. She's 51. She's 51. Imagine doing that at 51. I'm sorry, she Red. She jumped off. Sorry, she, Red. Yeah, she jumped <laughs> off the uh, – <laughs> she, she jumps off the unicycle. Still 51. Pretty impressive. And who comes up with the foresight, like, hey, I'm going to be famous one day for flipping cereal bowls on a one-legged unicycle it, it's, and making it's, this It's happen. amazing. It's amazing it what she's amazing. able to do. But, like, who, who would have thought, like, hey, this is a good idea? Not me. <laughs> What's the chat like right now? Probably electrified. I'm, 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 wait, I'm waiting for Dagan to jump in here and Listen, cut us off. I'm waiting for you hey, look, I, I hit the net, Dagan. You know my game. I want Listen, I, I was, I've played Fanta, Fanta, with Dagan on the other said, side. I've seen you play basketball. In intramurals have come out a winner many a time. You know my favorite part about this right now? Like, no one else can experience this but me, but you're yeah. talking to Dagan. He's talking back to you, and you cannot hear him. Can't, I just yeah, got can't. The chat is sitting here listening to respond to Fanta just going, all right, T.O. Fanta. Time out. Let's go, Dagan. Get us some questions. Yeah, here we go. Here's one. Uh, we didn't really talk. We didn't talk in Indiana much. I don't even know if we did at all. Um, how far the, can the Hoosiers go in the worth. tournament? No. Slash, are they no, in the tournament? Not, no chance. Right. Not There's enough no lateral chance. quickness. Yeah. But not no. Listen, here's the question, guys. Here's the question. Dagan, the, the question, I don't remember who it was from, so I apologize. <laughs> Jack, Jack Carr. But, so, Jack Carr. So, uh, so, Indiana is probably in the tournament now, right? Yeah. No how question. How far can they go? They're capable of winning two games in the NCAA oh, tournament. I'm 100% with you. Yeah, they, they have an All-American caliber player in Trace Jackson Davis. The question for them is, are they going to be able to string consistency together from a perimeter offense standpoint? Because Rob Finnessy, I don't know what, what I'm getting from That's game to game. Right. And it's a team that, that, to me, is dangerous because of the fact that they do have a transcendent player in their front court. And they play hard. Mm -hmm. They play hard. And it seems like Indiana is that team this year that is built for the big moment. Like, they just have this knack about them to win that big game and get it done. So, they're an interesting team. In fact, I will go on the record right now. I don't think their run ends. I think they will knock off and beat Iowa on semifinal Saturday, the Big Ten tournament. I think we could have an all-Indiana final in the Big Ten. That would be fun. The state would be split. I, I'm going to go with you, and not just because of Trace Jackson Davis, but Xavier Johnson's been terrific, too. I mean, today I think he ended up with 8-5-4. and four. It wasn't as gaudy numbers as he had yesterday. It was 16-8-8. Eight, and eight. But he gives you that power physical guard that succeeds in the tournament. I think that's a guy to keep an eye on. They've got some shooters around. They've been inconsistent. But I think Indiana can win two games in the tournament. I have no doubt. Yeah, it, it, it all comes down to Xavier Johnson for me. If he's playing the way that he's played the last two or three weeks, they are a dangerous, dangerous basketball team. The problem is this is the best that he's played 
probably in his life over the course of those two weeks. All right, Dagan, another question. I'm not Hit sure me. I would argue. I'm not sure I would. He's had some really good games at Pitt. Pitt just hasn't been but very good. Consistent. Like, wow. he, he'll be great, then he won't be great. But, it, like, the last two weeks, he's been really, really, really good nonstop. And Dagan. Goodman said we were going to get paid double for talking good about Indiana, too. So. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We better get that. That's a good <laughs> word there. I'm going to jump in on that double pay. There you go. Dagan, what do we got? Uh, Robert wants to know, it appears Ty Ty Washington is healthy. Is Kentucky the most dangerous team in the tournament? Okay, if, uh, if, if Kentucky is healthy, is or I'm sorry, if Ty Ty Washington is healthy, 23-9 against Vanderbilt, are they the most dangerous team in the NCAA tournament? Do we have the caveat if Kirk Kreese was healthy? Because I feel like no. Sure. So no Kirk Kreese. I'm going to say no, considering the circumstances of him being on crutches. Right. And I would say they're right there with Gonzaga. I think Kentucky and Gonzaga. Obviously, you're, if you're Arizona, you're going to rely a lot, of, a lot on Kirk Creasa, so that's a big issue. But I think with Arizona, with Kirk Creasa's injury, I think your floor is raised, but I also think your ceiling is lower. Does that make sense? You know a little bit more of what you're getting because he fluctuates his performance a lot. He's either great or he's not so great. But you also know what you're getting from the rest of Arizona. Does that make sense? It, it does a little bit. Um, I just – I think that the floor, it comes up just a little bit, mm-hmm. whereas the ceiling comes down drastically. I, I, I concur. Yeah. I, I just – they don't really have another guy. Like, Justin Kyer is a good player, right? But – and and uh, the the Larson kid, I, um, the Utah transfer, I'm blanking on yeah. it. Was it, was it Pelle, Pelle Larson. Pelle, yeah, Pelle Larson. And he's, he's a good player, but, like, they don't have that, that guy. And, like, we – how many times do we, we hit that buzzer? point guard play right they, they don't they don't really have a guy yes. without without Kirk well, well, Pele Larson can be solid he doesn't have that spectacular upside that Kirk Creasa has right but he can be solid I think it's actually a great question and it's one of the better questions that we've we've gotten so whoever asked that question deserves a tip of the cap because Kentucky to me is the most fascinating team heading into the NCAA tournament they have Oscar Shibway who would be my second best player in the country this year uh, next to Johnny Davis. They have Kellen Grady, who has come on as the season's gone on. Ty Ty Washington elevates everybody around him. And, and I think that Jacob Toppin's gotten steadily better yeah, in yeah. season. It's, it's one of John Calipari's better coaching jobs in his career. He gets a lot of uh, flack at times that he's a CEO and he doesn't necessarily do the basketball things. Guys, Coach Cal's not the coach at Kentucky unless he's doing a lot of basketball things, 100%. too. So this isn't uh, Billy Gillespie. This is, this, is, this is one of the great coaches in the history of Kentucky basketball. That's why he's kept the job since, since Billy was, was let go a while back. I just look at Kentucky. They are the most intriguing team in the country. Are they the team to beat? Yeah. They have UK. They, they're a blue blood, and the blue blood has played like it here as the season's gone on. They have a freshman who's incredibly dynamic, and they have the best supporting cast of the supporting cast that I look at. I think Kentucky's supporting cast is better than Arizona's. Yeah, who, what what I will say is this. Kellen Grady. We don't even mention Kellen Grady. That's what, yeah. Yeah, but, but what, what I'll say is this. Gonzaga is the most dangerous team in the country. Like, they, they have two All-Americans in their front court. They actually guard. They got a rim protector that is just a, a complete unicorn. They have veteran guards. They have guys that can make shots. They have two McDonald's All-Americans that come off their bench that don't really play. Let me like, ask you a question. They are. Gonzaga, this time last year versus this time this year, do you feel the exact same? Do you feel like they're better equipped to win it all? 
do you feel like they're worst equipped to to win it all? Okay, okay. So that's a loaded question. One, I think that last year's Gonzaga team would beat this year's Gonzaga team, but I also think that if last year's Baylor team doesn't get COVID in the middle of the season, we're probably looking at a situation where they head into the NCAA tournament undefeated. Right? They had surpassed Gonzaga on all the metrics by the like when they got COVID. If you go back and you can look at the, the dates mm-hmm. on February second. The day that they got COVID, they were rated above Gonzaga on Ken Palm. So you're saying that this year's field is weaker. Is worse. Is weaker. Yeah. I disagree. I disagree. I think Houston was in the Final Four last year. But Houston was really good. They were in the Final Four last I, I, year. I, I they they almost lost to Rutgers. To go along. Field is deeper this year than it was last year. No, no, deeper. no, no, no. But the, and but, better. But, but no, the field the field is deeper. Yes, there is no juggernaut like Baylor. Well, my point is that if Baylor, if Baylor doesn't get COVID, we we might be sitting here talking about them as like, okay, that is one of the legitimately all-time greatest teams that we've ever seen in college basketball. And I don't think that 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 Gonzaga was ever going to beat them. There is nobody that is that good. That they are mm. they are a tier above everybody in my mind in terms of talent. Ooh, no, I don't. That I don't doesn't, know about that. That doesn't that doesn't mean that they're not going to get picked off, right? There are lots of teams that can beat them. Because they are not as good as, as last year's team was. But in comparison to the next best, best team, there is nobody else that you just say, okay, look, you know what? I don't know if anybody can knock off these guys. Like, I don't, no one was beating Baylor last year. They were a fucking juggernaut, man. They were a fucking buzzsaw. Nobody was beating them. And the reason I feel very comfortable saying that is because we watched a team that had Drew Timmy and Jalen Suggs and all of these studs and Corey Kispert and all of these NBA players and all Americans on the roster just get blown out. Gonzaga looked like a mid-major last year, and they had a top-five pick. They had another lottery pick, and they had a guy that entered the season as a preseason All-American on their roster. And they got blown out, and they looked like a WCC team. There's more talent this year because everybody got the extra year. So Bingo. I'm not sure there's there's that much of a, reg- a regression as it is every, the rest of the field has raised their game, if you look at it. Because Nimbard, I mean, he's been really good. And Jalen Suggs, he still had his faults last year. He still had his significant faults. I mean, Everybody's got holes this year. Uh, Gonzaga's holes, for example, in my mind, like Drew Timmy with big physical five-man, there's more of those this season, right? I also think there's something to be said. So psychologically, I think of it a little bit differently this year. I think everybody has a lot of strengths. As a result, the nation is better equipped to expose your strength and make it a whole, if you will. So I know I'm twisting up the language a little bit there, but I think when we talk about the others, there's a lot more teams that, that are right there at the top, but everybody's got a hole this year in some way, shape, or form. Sure. I also think that signifies the depth at the top. So I, I'm i not in the crowd, and maybe I'll eat my words in New Orleans, and if I do, I'll be the first to say it. I'm not in the crowd of Gonzaga is above everybody else to that degree. I, I, at the end of the day, they lost to a WCC team a couple weeks ago. No, Yeah, look, I mean, look, I, I'm, I, think, I think I agree with everything you're saying. I don't think I disagree with what you're saying. I, I just, I think that, mm. um, look, that they're, I would say that Gonzaga is the best team in college basketball. I don't think that there is like a tier where they are above everybody. Does that yeah. make sense? Yep. Like I, I would, if you're, if you're saying you have to bet all of your money on somebody to win the national title, I think I'm probably putting my money on Gonzaga. That doesn't mean that I think that it's like a lock that they're getting to the point. Does that, does that, does that make sense? Yes, but I will say this. If, if they're where you say they are, which which I, I don't disagree. Hold on, Dagan, Dagan needs to jump in. Dagan, what do you got? Well, no, no. Let Fanta finish his point, and then I'll, I'll jump back in. Okay, go. 
finish your point. If they're where you say they are, Dagan, what the hell? Listen, I told Rob, I told Rob that. Then (laughs) anything less, anything less than an elite eight for this program. No, I'm going to say it. Anything less than a final four for Gonzaga would be an utter disappointment. Yes. An utter disappointment. I would not say I, – I would say it, it would be a disappointing season if Gonzaga is not going to a Final Four. I do not think you can say an utter disappointment in a knockout tournament. I don't think there's anything that you can do outside of losing in the first weekend that can be considered an utter disappointment for any – that's just college basketball, man. That, that, that's what this is. You know yeah, I mean? but they've now developed this this identity. Like, at some point, they've got to get it. So, if you're saying sitting here saying that, that this particular year, the, the way that the sport is, is that they do have that ability to be above everybody else, then to me, you've got to – I understand that whole idea that if you have a bad night, that, that it can happen. Baylor was a buzzsaw. Gonzaga had a bad night as well, and Baylor had a lot to do with that. But, but the point is, is that you can both have a bad night – and it be disappointing for you in your overarching goal because at some point Gonzaga has to win it all. They, they, they have to win it, it all. You're the best. You're the best that's never done it until you do it. They they got to get it done, and and they can. It's just you know I, I think that there are this is the this is the best way for me to phrase it. I think there was one team in college basketball last year that could beat Gonzaga. This year I think that there are fifteen to twenty teams that can beat them. Here's what I'll say. And I agree with that, but, but then, but then to your, but wait a minute. So 15 to 20 teams, that kind of goes back to my argument of, I think the field is better yeah, this year. No, I, I okay. You, you agree with that. I, I agree. I, I just think that they, that Gonzaga is still the top of the field. Remember you had a first four team that made the final four last year. Yeah. There were two great teams and a bunch of shit last year. That, that's what I'm saying. Everybody else is good. There was one team in college basketball last year that could beat Gonzaga. And that team was not losing to anybody when they were playing their best. This year, I think there are 15 to 20 teams that can beat Gonzaga. Here's the magic of March, though. We did not know going into the big dance Mm -hmm. that Baylor was that good. And that's why this time of year is great. I am now realizing this week that the Creighton Blue Jays are doggone good. They're really good. And they're really good. And in a year... They might be national championship good. I can't believe I just said those words. No, it's true, I, folks. We had believe that, it. We had that. We had that conversation, Tio. At the beginning, they're that good. Those freshmen, Trey Alexander. How good is he? I mean, he's going to quickly turn into an uh, to an NBA prospect. Top top fifteen preseason, top twenty preseason team next year. Absolutely. If everybody comes back. Well, they, here's the tale. What's Ryan Hawkins have? He's done, right? He's. I'm. I think they can apply for a waiver and get him for one more year, but I think he's done. Well, think he's, done. Well, he, he's he should, 24. He should. He needs to go. He needs to go, but he's a settling force for Take them. Take Gillespie's ass with him. <laughs> Dude, I had these guys behind That was a biased me. comment there. That, that we had guys behind us that called Gillespie Giuseppe, uh, Gretzky. <laughs> uh, they, they called him everything, and they knew what they, oh, were, that's doing. The guard. they knew what they were doing. They were awesome. They were awesome. The fans yeah. are here are just incredible. There's a, there's there's a little rudeness. You you I love you that. didn't you didn't you didn't you, you you slept on what we were trying to tell you. No, this I was, environment. Well, I, I slept on it a little bit because we were here for the Champions Classic. But now that all the Big East teams were here, you could feel. It, it, I was talking. Who who was I talking to? The difference in funding in the Big East isn't as big as it is in some of these other was, power conferences. Me, yeah. Like, okay, so this is a big thing for me because if you look at the Atlantic Coast Conference, Duke, North Carolina, keep name it, Virginia. 
I mean, the, the, the difference in funding in those three programs and some of the bottom programs like Georgia Tech's funding, like, uh, for example, Boston College's funding, it's so much more significant of a gap from one, two, three to 13, 14, 15 than it is in the Big East. So you have a, le- a more level playing field, if you will. How much money is the ACC making this week? Not, not as much as the Big East is. That's, I mean, that's just the point is you think about all the money that these leagues are going to make on Sunday. Cause when you get in, that's a unit and a unit is worth in and around a million dollars. Like let's talk the financials of the NCAA tournament on selection Sunday, that unit's worth a million. If you're in the first four and you're in the 16, everyone's always like, Oh man, they got to play a playing game in Dayton before they play Gonzaga or Arizona. You want to play in the first four if you're a little conference well, because no, you could get you, another unit. You don't. The your conference does. Yes, that, that is why like this never gets talked about, but that's why those 16 seeds are still there, so they can disperse the money a little bit more to yes. make sure that some of those teams um, get some wins. But the conversation that we were having stemmed from this, and, and I'm I I want your take on this, right? For me as a UConn fan, I would take a big east tournament title over winning uh, getting to the elite eight yeah jim calhoun talked about this all week that you would rather be the best kid on your block because that doesn't go away for the next six seven months when you're on the recruiting trail you have a trophy you have a trophy if you made the sweet 16 or elite eight at the end of the day unless you came up with one of the great wins of all time or had some wild shot nobody remembers that they remember who the final four was and who won the championship? In fact, if you ask the common sports fan right now to list the final four from last year, they would go Gonzaga, Baylor, uh, UCLA. I don't remember the fourth. It's sad. Sorry, Houston. It's just true. The, the- I do this for a living, and I'm sitting here like Gonzaga, Baylor, UCLA. Who else? Maybe. Oh, yeah, Houston. Right. Oh, Houston. Yeah, that's right. Right. So the point is, the you're exactly right. Like, there's just something to be said about being the best in this building. Villanova and Creighton walk into this building later tonight. You are the main act in Manhattan. You are. You're the main act in town. And Philadelphia will take over this building. The crowds speak for themselves. But you think about Billy Joel. You think about Muhammad Ali. You think about Michael Jackson. You think about Patrick Ewing. I look up at the 33 Knicks jersey. You think about Melo recently. You think about... Henrik Lundqvist and the New York Rangers. Swedish. My wife's Swedish. Shout out Sweden. There you go. Shout out Sweden. Uh, you think about Ryan Callahan. Like all the great players, her favorite player. Um, like this is, this building is the Big East baby. You know, back in 1981, 82, when Patrick Ewing commits to Georgetown, Dave Gavitt makes the call to the garden and says, Patrick Ewing's going to Georgetown and you're going to want to host us. And in college athletics, there's not a lot of staying power in much anymore. That's right. Things change all the freaking time. Mm-hmm. But in New York, what do people love? They love their pizza. They love their Broadway shows. They love what they love. They're not people of change. Like New York City, it is who they are. They're always going to call Gillespie Giuseppe awesome. or Gretzky or whatever the hell they want to call him because that's how they freaking are. That is why the Big East tournament at Madison Square Garden is the greatest conference tournament in the country because it is the 40-year-old restaurant that you have always loved going to down the street. And when you're the best restaurant in town, this is so good. Yep. 
you are going to have that honor to show all the other restaurants well, think that about they it, suck think compared about, to you. Think about it like this. Like everybody that comes to the Big East tournament has their spot that they go to. We had this exact conversation with the ACC moving every year. Like it, Greensboro is the ACC's town, maybe Charlotte, but you move every season. So where does the yearly like get together spot? Where's our bar that we're going to go to? Big East has that. Yep. Like I walked down right down the roads, the Marquette bar, it was flooded. Right. I mean, it, it is it's like tailgating for an NFL game. The, you, Providence, you, the Providence bar was at Jack Dempsey's and they were lined up out the door like 30 minutes before the game. They weren't was lined up out the door. They were taking naps before the game because they'd been in the bar for two. Hours. <laughs> <laughs> you want you, you have tradition. Yeah. You have tradition. And that's what this is. It's a tradition that stands and has staying power. And I just think in a world of college sports where it's all changing, college basketball is the good in college sports today. That still that still exists in college sports. It's what, like tonight, To and and Robin, To you've seen it this week. Like this is, if you watch a commercial about college athletics, like if if Mark Emmer came on camera and was like, "Here's what we are about," and the viewers actually approve the commercial, the Big East tournament would have to be in the commercial mm-hmm. of things that fans like. Yeah. Like college sports fans actually love this stuff. It is it is the fabric of what college sports is all about. And there's there's bad in college sports today, but this is part of the good. Yep. Yeah. All right, Dagan. We got any other questions or, before we get yes, out of here? Yes, we do. The chat wrong today. The chat is upset with us because we haven't mentioned what they claim the is the four. best conference in college today. basketball. We're not listening. What's to that? The Big Twelve. The SEC. The Big Twelve. The Big Twelve. So can we talk what a little bit about do? the Big 12 to, to make we the, the talk chat about the happy? Big 12. Chad, Chad's upset we haven't talked about the oh, Big 12. Oh, okay. There wasn't, what was there to really talk about? We got Kansas and Texas Tech in the finals, right? Hey, the two teams that we basically, all three yeah. of us split on, I said Texas Tech. I'm sticking Who's going to win this game? Mm. Red Raiders, let's go. I'm going to go with Kansas. I'm going to go. They have the best player on the floor, Ochai Abaji. David McCormick, if he plays a good game, Kansas wins. I think that this is a very difficult matchup for Kansas because when you switch everything, don't you, don't you jump ship on me? No, no, listen, when this is a very Kansas, Texas tech is a very difficult matchup for, for, for Kansas because when you switch everything, it takes away what you want. Like it makes it so you can't run stuff. Yep. You got it. You have to, you have to have players to make plays. Right. And the thing about Kansas is they don't really have guys that can go out and make plays. Oshai Baji is like a finisher. He's a catch-and-shoot guy. You can run a lob and get him to set to run get a lob. You get a closeout, and he can knock down a shot, whatever. Um, Dewan Harris isn't going to beat you off the dribble. Christian Brown kind of is what he is. David McCormick, you need to scheme him ways to get a seal, get a turn on, get a post-touch. Um, you can't really run your stuff. No. You have to So, I'm going – give me the Red Raiders. Wow. For me, great offense beats great defense. Fair enough. And I like Bill Self is over Mark offense there for Kansas. Yeah, if they get point guard play, yes. Yep, big if. Big if. Big if. Hey, I got it. I got to say, I got to say, I got to say this. She hasn't eaten. Yeah, listen. We got to go. Yeah, we got to do three cheers. Fantas, Fantas, Fantas' girlfriend may not, uh, may not make it. Um, I wish her camera was fan. She's smiling now. She can hear us talking about us. I wish her camera would. Yeah, she is done. Listen, last point I want to make. Okay, and then we can get into three cheers. Kansas, Texas Tech, in where is that? Is that Kansas City for the the Big Twelve? I think it is. Right. Yeah, we have Duke, Virginia Tech. 
coming up in the ACC for the ACC tournament time. Not Duke North, Duke, North Carolina, but Duke Virginia Tech. We have Creighton and Villanova, which low key is kind of a, like a budding rivalry in the Bay. It's not Providence UConn, which by the way, like the the UConn fans and the Providence fans on Twitter right now are trying to figure out ways that they can uh, storm the Barclays Center and just play Providence and UConn there tomorrow night, <laughs> which, which would be fun. Um, yeah. We have we have three huge conference tournament title games coming up tomorrow. Um, it, it's man. It's, it's the greatest time of year. It is the greatest time of year. We have the SEC semis. We have the Big Ten semis. We have how many, how many, how many uh, regular – the small conference tournaments are we going to end up having tomorrow? Like a half dozen, man. It's the, oh, great, it's the absolute greatest time of year. I am so fired up. All right, let's get the three cheers so we can get out of here. T.O., you go first. I'm going to cheer. I don't have a drink in front of me. Uh, I, I'm going to cheers to my – We'll have plenty of them in a minute. Yeah, I, uh, I'm going to cheers to my wife and kids who – uh, it just became my birthday an hour and 26 minutes ago. Oh, happy hey, birthday, right. Taryn. We're really going to tie one on wow. tonight. Yeah. Oh, oh. Tio's, can I get, can I get four shots to the Brown stuff, please? Old, uh, 34 <laughs> years old. So, but my, my, my family, of course, was, they weren't thrilled that they didn't get to see me on my birthday, but they, my, my beautiful wife is holding it down. So uh, my cheers go to uh, Maria, Damon and Harper. Daddy misses you, and I know Mama you're asleep. O. Mama O, holding it down. Mama so O, fans of what he Cheers got. to you, love. Well, my cheers are to my other half, Victoria, for for hanging here at the garden. Uh, she's getting the full madness experience. We're also going to keep it the family. I'm going to cheers Talia Goodman. There we go. Uh, because Talia and her Indiana Hoosiers are marching on. She's brought good vibes, and I'm going to cheers the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference title game. Bruce Springsteen should play in the warmups. They should debate Taylor Ham versus Pork Roll during this game. They should play scenes in the Sopranos. There's an actor from the Sopranos here tonight. Uh, Bobby Bacalov. Yeah, Bobby was here. That's when you know it's big. I would tell you what. I think this has a chance. It's for Eastern time. I think it's EU. It's ESPNU later today or ESPN2. One of the, watch the MAC title game. King Rice and Monmouth they have played pretty well this year. They will go up against Shaheen Holloway and St. Peter's. And, folks, if you're a Hoops fan, I'm going to tell you right now. Shaheen Holloway's the dude. Sorry. I think Shaheen Holloway is going to get a job here this offseason. you got to watch his team play. Mom at St. Peter's, pride of Jersey for the MAC. I'm going to cheers that game. It's in Atlantic City. That's a great place to have a conference tournament. So, cheers to the Jersey teams. Cheers to the Jersey teams. Cheers to Mama O. Mm-hmm. And I'm also good. I'm going to cheers to us. Damn it. Yeah. Look, after the two years that, this, that everybody has gone through, that we've gone through, after everything, we sat here in this building, had our, our eardrums blown out by how loud it was in here. Everybody around the country is at the conference tournaments for the first time in three years, yep. right? We're on the floor of Madison Square. We're on the court, Madison Square Garden, doing a post-game show. So cheers to us. And when I say us, I mean you guys in the YouTube chat right now. I mean these two guys sitting right here next to me. I mean producer Dagan out here making sure that this idea that we have is actually something that works yes to, still to, couldn't guard fanta though still yeah, couldn't right guard fanta. no one guard no, fanta. no one no one can and where are we tonight so, later tonight as in tomorrow uh oh barclay yeah. center yeah. for the acc title game we'll have a show that we're not going to be on the floor we're going to be up a little bit higher uh, but we got a good spot check it out tomorrow we will be there so for terrence oglesby for john fanta for John Fanta's girlfriend, and for Dagan Hughes, our producer, my name is Rob Dosser. This has been the Field of 68 After Dark. Happy birthday, T.O.